Starfighters, explorers, heavyweights, <laughs> wizards, yeah, everybody whoa. who's here for Child Star Month. Yeah, and on the next, if we're gonna count the next one, then also bears. All of you, we'll bad get to that news one. Bears. So yeah, yeah uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Ruined childhoods. We're gonna we're gonna get straight to it because we've got a lot to cover here, and we are joined by not only a hometown homie, but also like somebody who we've known of most of our lives we met at a camp going back to the last episode we met because of a summer camp it's jeff rubin hello how's it going welcome (laughs) great how's it going i've done a lot of podcasts this is the first one i've done with like a video component where i can see you guys and it's like freaking me out like usually i'm doing a podcast i'm just like you know going nuts on my fidget spinner i'm doing a sudoku or whatever but now i gotta like really pay (laughs) attention i got yeah you're you're on the hook for this one yeah well, no, it's okay. Thank you so much for hanging with us. For anybody who doesn't know Jeff, uh, you might remember him from some of the old college humor stuff. Uh, Jeff was with uh, BuzzFeed Video for a while and is the creator of a new online game called The Lies Game, which we're yeah. going to talk about in a little bit. Oh, cool. Fun. Oh, yes. yes. Thank you. That's right. That's all correct. <laughs> uh, Jeff, you can go a little bit further back from the a little mic. bit further, All yeah, right, or, sorry. or turn the gain down because you're clipping a okay. little bit. Yeah. All right, I will turn the gain down. Yeah, such a fucking amateur here. Okay, sorry, <laughs> it's a new mic. Leave all this in. Everyone wants to hear all the gritty details. <laughs> Leave it in. Jeff is also a professional podcaster of the it's Jeff true. Rubin Jeff Rubin Show. He's been Thank doing you, it for yes. a long ass time. Though I've been on a yeah. long ass, I hate us, but it's coming back. It will be back soon. Well, that's pretty exciting. Uh, before we get to anything from even the last episode, I want to talk about a few news items that by the time this comes out a week from tomorrow, this is going to be old news. But I I just read that Disney Plus is remaking Three Men and a Baby with Zac Efron. Huh. Is he playing the baby or one of the three men? All three of the men, my guess. He's playing all three I, of the men. Yeah. All three. All, everybody plus yep. the baby is all Zac Efron. Three Men and a Baby is itself a remake of a French movie, so that it's not is like true. a sacred thing that can't be remade. So also, uh, news as of today when we're recording, uh, which is the 10th, we have the MacGruber series going to Peacock, which I'm excited about. Jeff, are you a MacGruber fan? You know I am. It took me a while to come uh I don't know why I just had missed it at first, but then I finally watched it and it is truly glorious and, and it was hilarious. Like, oh yeah, this is absolutely amazing. Yeah, it's it really is. funny and I uh, really regret sleeping on it as long as I did and I yeah. will not make the same mistake with the TV show. Yeah, I'd say it's a pretty good team. 
Look, Mac, are you sure you won't change your mind about letting Piper here join you? He'd make a hell of an asset. Ah, uh, I would love to. But the van's pretty full. You see, it's filled with American heroes, with over a hundred years of combined combat experience and a whole lot of brotherhood. And no, you can't ride in the trunk, bud. Because the trunk is filled with over 75 pounds of homemade C4 explosive that I personally packed in there with my own two... I'm curious. I'm just curious to see how the TV show is going to work. Like the movie was, I saw it when it was first. I mean, I actually, before it saw, it came out, I saw like screening of it mm-hmm. and it was so unlike anything you'd expect. Right. That it was, or at least any, unlike anything I expected that it was a bit jarring and I didn't really watch it again until in the last year uh-huh. and knowing a little bit more what to expect, I was able to appreciate it a lot more. And I, I can appreciate how it's, how it's gained a following in the last 10 years, but it's almost like that movie is, I don't want to call it lightning in a bottle, but it's, <laughs> it's out there. I, you watch that movie. I'm just like, well, what do you? Where do you go from here? Yeah, pretty much. I guess you could parody like action TV shows in the same way the movie parodies action movies. You know, like kind of scope down and do TV shows. Would I guess? I don't know. I don't know exactly what that means, but there's like we'll more find enough out. action tropes for them to kind of chew on. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah. totally. And I trust them. I Agreed. I completely trust them. And I guess on Peacock TV, you it's uncensored. So oh, is it? Uh, I will I sign up for Peacock to watch this. And if as long as like but Peacock yeah. is free, but just if you pay for it, oh, really? it's like l- fewer ads or something like that. I will learn what the deal with Peacock is to watch this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Dan, do you want to tell everybody? Do you want to bring up the other bit of news, which I think that most people would know about by now? Yeah. So this was going around that there in the works is a animated quasi remake of blazing saddles yeah 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 blazing samurai i'm glad we're talking about this fellas what is up with this i feel like i saw this like a decade ago on Anico oh really news. is that right like this okay. has been kicking around for like a. is like, it just me i saw this on okay. like Anico news which is so long ago because i haven't looked at that site in so long but i, I feel know like it, i didn't know that it was still around jeff I, I yes i remember what you're talking about i feel like i've like heard this theory before that there's there's like an animated remake of blazing saddles which just doesn't make any sense and it's not like it's not like it's a full remake i guess but it's what like a cat becomes sheriff of an old dog town something like that and yeah i'm it's the type of movie you could make this movie and it would be just fine if you didn't say it had anything to do with blazing saddles and then people be oh yeah it's kind of like blazing saddles you know what this reminds me of Blazing Saddles. Yeah, it's like without oh, all of ca- the stuff that makes Blazing Saddles good. I mean, kind of like what we're going to talk about with the wizard, because the wizard is often referred to as like a pint-sized Rain Man or <laughs> yeah, Tommy oh, with that's video games, right? I, yeah, well, yeah. yeah, it's interesting and problematic, and yeah. Uh, can yeah. I? Can I? Qu- uh, I want to quote my friend Mike Drucker, who's a very funny comedian. Uh, oh yeah. Tweet- 
and he yeah. tweeted uh you know he like retweeted the news and his comment was turns out people who shout blazing saddles could never be made today were both right and wrong which I think <laughs> is very funny yes yes i saw that believe i responded to it in fact yeah that's crazy and uh, i know that we are typically ones to to shout like you know what why not like you're not going to ruin anything by remaking it or whatever the original will always be there but it's possible to do it in a really weird, bad way. And look, they haven't done it yet, so we don't know. But like, but they're just weird. What if it's good? What if it's like legit good? <laughs> and it probably it's... will be with every, with all the shit that people are talking about it before it's even a thing. I guess. I mean, look at what happened to the Sonic Sonic the Hedgehog movie, where they Future like what Oscar winner put, probably put out a trailer. Everyone shot. Well, hey, bad boys for life. That's where my money is. I dug the Sonic movie. I, I thought I, it was I get totally to not it. terrible. I totally wanted to not see terrible. it, but I just didn't but get the that's, chance. That's what I heard. I heard it was really good, and they w- pushed it back how long because they put out a trailer and everyone yeah. complained and got all pissed off that Sonic didn't look right or something. Like we know what Which a, is nuts. a blue ring collecting hedgehog should authentically look like. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know. I just don't see why you have to call it. A remake of Blazing Saddles, if like you know what you're bringing on, <laughs> yeah, I don't know by doing that. So, yeah, remains so to be seen. I have a couple of one more things to talk about. So, Jeff, on our last episode, we did the movie Heavyweights with, uh, oh, yeah, you with, know, I've uh, only seen like Box half Brown. that movie once. I'm not that familiar with it. Well, it's on Disney Plus, I believe, and it is it's worth watching. It is kind of ridiculous. It's it's, it's yeah. better than I, I did, thought it would be. That's its reputation is pretty good, actually. Yeah. Hey, who knew? That, pretty good. That just about sums it up. Yeah. Yeah. So um, when we were we were talking about other like camp movies and we totally didn't mention Sleepaway Camp. Oh, yeah. One of the no. classics. We did I'm not. Really, I, think, I, I know the like twist. It's like there's like a big twist or oh, something, yeah. but I've never really seen Sleepaway Camp. Oh, it's big. All right. Um. So. The I remember the twist. <laughs> um, I, I think we were talking about it more in the context of like camp comedies, the, well, the meatballs and Ernest. Yeah. Well, yeah, but then you've got Friday the 13th. And, sure. But yeah. anyway, but Sleepaway Camp, you can look at it as a comedy. You certainly can. You certainly can. Another thing, one other thing that I wanted to bring up that I couldn't believe I didn't bring up last time, but I'm glad that I'm doing it now because Jeff is here and uh jeff and i went to well we all met at a day camp but jeff and i went to a a sleepaway camp together Uh with our brother scott uh called timber lake west and on the last episode brian box brown uh mentioned the made for tv movie poison ivy and he had Mm -hmm. talked about how that um that camp had a color war and i have a very specific memory of the camp that we went to uh, and the color, a color war that we had, which first of all, the color war was always like broken out by like a, and I'm saying this in quotes, celebrity. Like one year it was yeah, like a Jerry someone, Seinfeld impersonator. You get like someone to do like an appearance. I don't know. Like yeah. someone's like, it, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Someone from like the New York Rangers or something. Yeah. We had Mike Richter from the New York Rangers yeah. come, which was pretty oh, cool. I was okay. in hockey at the time. Yeah. He was like, I mean, the Rangers were like good. He was like a star player. It was pretty Mike Richter. Good. Yeah. 
Yeah, didn't he definitely. Come? Am I making that up? He did. He totally came. But like the Jerry Seinfeld impersonator. I don't know if you were. I don't remember that, that one. The other one I remember was Ken weird. Danico from the New Jersey Devils, who was like, <laughs> as I re- as in my recollection, like a real goon of a hockey player. Like he just uh-huh. got in a lot of fights. So that was <laughs> he had like too. zero teeth, if I remember right. But anyway, it was, so yeah. I have this crazy memory from one of the color wars. And Jeff, I don't know if like you were mm. on the same team that I was on or what the deal was. And Tell I me called. About it. I called. Uh, our brother Scott, and he didn't remember anything about it, but I swear this was a thing. But each team was uh, was to perform a song at like the yep. you know the climax sure. of the of the color war. Do you want to and, explain what color war is in case anyone is like right. kind of freaking oh, out at this point? So they split the, <laughs> yeah, they good, split good the camp good up point. into two different teams. Like red and blue was what we had. So it's no, just like we they were red and white because those were the camp colors. White, whatever, red and white. So it's everybody's just kind of randomly split in half. Like, but even here's the people... thing: is it's actually not random because me and your brother, we were like the same age. You're you're younger, so you were yeah. like on your other team or whatever. But me and your brother were the same age, and all three years we went to that camp. Him and I were never on the same team. Oh, and really? It, it's because we were the number one and two worst athletes. By so like, <laughs> just like you couldn't have the just like you couldn't have the two best athletes on the same yeah. team, you also can't have the two worst athletes. So we were yeah. always always on opposite. And I'll just be clear: I'm the worst by far. Scott was better than me. <laughs> oh, that's like, saying that's saying. A lot. That but they is- basically, yeah, <laughs> they divide the camp up into like two teams, and it's like right. all everything you're doing for those like three days or whatever is like for points. It's like when you're eating, it's like whoever behaves the best gets points. You got to like oh, clean the so bunk for points, and like every game's for points or whatever. And it's like it all culminates in this like insane thing that as to my recollection the counselors would like spit, pull all nighters i mean i don't know what they were just telling us or whatever like but they would build these like elaborate sets because they were themed it'd be like yeah. red movies versus like white music or something like that mm-hmm. like and one side would be like movies Ugh. themed, and one side would be movies themed. anyway are you gonna yeah. get to the very emotional songs <laughs> they made us learn yes and were I'm you on my team were you on my team when some people had uh written new lyrics to the tune of tears in heaven that we're no, all about. That's so fucking funny. I can do ours. I want to hear about that. Do you remember okay. the lyrics? Because I remember the lyrics to no. one of mine. Here's what I, I would like to say about Color War, and I want to say it quickly because I want to talk about the wizard so much. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> I do remember. Yeah, they would make everyone learn a song, and it was like there were two songs. One was like a funny, silly one, just like kind of about how much fun we were having at camp, and then one was like right. a very emotional the one. Tears in Heaven type song. Ex- yeah, that's the Tears yeah. in Heaven one. And they would like drill it into you. You'd like have to go and rehearse it for like mm-hmm. three one hour sessions a day and they'd be like I just came over from the red team and I can hear them from the dining hall like you guys gotta be louder you know and it was like just so I hated it so much like I really dreaded color war I think yeah some it was the worst weird. it was anyway the, worst. the one the they've one got I a rem- four part harmony that's what friends are for <laughs> damn it so that's what friends are for would be a perfect one I actually honestly don't even know the song you guys would know it it's a pretty famous song but I associate it so strongly with color war I actually don't even know the actual oh my um, Leary, I think it's Phil Collins. I'll sing it. I think I think you'll know the tune. It's like, okay, so the song was like, um, this is the only place I ever felt right at home. Hear it? Oh, it's Take a Look at Me Now. That's the song. Oh. It's Take a Look at Me Now. <laughs> and it was like, the Take a Look at Me Now was here at Timberlake West. Oh, Friends yes. become family. The one thing that pulls me through is the thought of you and your and our young hearts running free. Oh Here my God! Timber, like Wes. I can you believe that? Definitely so remember that. I Isn't definitely that remember that. So just like it's our friends. Beca- it's just crazy. It's just crazy. It's I absolutely mean, crazy. 
So I'm so glad Scott is loving this, by the way. I don't know yeah. if anyone else cares, but your brother is loving this. <laughs> well, I just think it's 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 funny. I don't know if that's the right word to say, but like Tears from Heaven, the song that Eric Clapton that's wrote so for his funny kid who fell off the heaven. balcony. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, we're going to do that for camp. And <laughs> it was, yeah, instead of Tears in Heaven, it was Timberlake West. And then, of course, there's oh. like the one kid because that was like the summer that that unplugged cassette came out. So like the one kid who learned how to play it on guitar and was like really oh, good man. at it. So it's like it's so based funny. around that. Speaking of inappropriate camp music choices at the day camp where we did meet. And Dan, you were a little older. Maybe you can set some light on this. Like we have to like do musical reviews every Friday for whatever. Reason. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and one year I remember we did the we did Grease Lightning and our troop, our, our, we learned the words to Grease Lightning, which has some fairly yes. inappropriate lyrics in it. As you guys oh, totally. I think Grease oh, was really big that summer. I don't know. That was the summer that we did that I think that one week all the groups did Grease. I, I sang Summer Lovin'. I was weird. I was saying the Danny part in Summer Lovin', and I'm about as good a singer as Scott is an athlete. So <laughs> I just remember, you, like, you really have to. We did like the "Whoa, Grease Lightning," burning up that song, and like you, you really um, have to replace some of the lyrics. There's like some extremely explicit lyrics in that song. I'm you sure they did not say it's, you didn't. You didn't say "Pussy Wagon." I forget. You what didn't Pussy say "Gonna Really." Is. There's there there's. I think um, we did the chicks will scream instead of. Oh, yeah, even still. there's a yeah no there's there's a uh, you know something about getting tit is another line. All yeah. right, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> a lot of it you can't do for camp. Yeah, kids at camp this year singing WAP. Kids at kids at oh. this. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. That's basically yeah. Although that camp does not exist anymore. If I'm, I don't know. Well, I mean, does no not camps exist, exist anymore. anymore right now. But yeah, well, that's neither here nor there. Not, there is not even a yak online option. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk wizard. Let's talk wizard. So Indeed. Uh, I'm going to blast through a uh, a synopsis, although I have to say this one's a little wordy. <laughs> and of course, it's not going to cover everything, but uh, I'm going to go through a little synopsis and then we can talk about all the things that I missed and all the weirdness that happens in between all these words. Okay. I've got notes. I just so you guys know I took notes. So I'm so happy. There's going to be specific points. I'm so yeah. excited. I want to hit. Continue. All right. The Woods family is a family divided, due to reasons we don't find out until the middle of the film. But at the core of the Woods family is Jimmy, the only biological son of Sam and Wendy and half-brother of Corey and Nick. Jimmy, under the care of his mom and her new husband, has an unknown psychological ailment that leaves him fairly emotionless, motionless, and silent with few exceptions, one being the word California. After Jimmy's mom and stepdad have him committed to a full-time psychiatric care facility, Brother Corey swoops in and busts him out so they can run away and find happiness together as bros and buds. Clearly, the only place Jimmy wants to go is California, so Corey does his best to get him there from their home in Utah. What Corey doesn't expect is that it costs way more than he thinks and his meager savings won't get them very far, and Jimmy's only possession is his lunchbox that contains only a few small items. That's when they meet Haley, a brassy girl around Corey's age who is wise beyond her years. Nothing about video games yet. Nothing about video games. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) After Jimmy is seen totally annihilating Ninja Gaiden, there we go, go. they realize that he has exemplary video game skills, which they can exploit to hustle their way to California together. I think that's wrong, by the way. I think they see him with Double Dragon. I'm pretty sure the first game you see is Double Dragon. I agree. Yes. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. That's why I took yeah. notes. This is why I took notes. Okay. Yes. But Ninja Gaiden comes up, so. comes up 
plenty it of does times. come up it does right, come so up. annihilating double dragon they realize that he has exemplary video skills blah 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 so they're gonna go off to california together with a stop off in haley's hometown the biggest little city reno nevada meanwhile the psychiatric facility hires putnam the bounty hunter for kiddos who only gets paid if he recovers his target this doesn't sit well with Jimmy's dad, Sam, who along with his son, Nick, decide to track down Jimmy and Corey themselves, resulting in a brutal chase between Putnam and the older Woods boys. While on the road, the younger Woods boys, along with Haley, discover Video Game Armageddon, a video game competition in Los Angeles, which becomes their ultimate destination. On their way, they encounter Lucas, another video game whiz who majorly flexes with his brand new Nintendo Power Glove. Feeling intimidated, Jimmy flees before he has a chance to face off with Lucas, or so he thinks. Jimmy, Corey, and Haley make it to a video game Armageddon just in time to compete. Lucas is there too, as is Putnam, who is tipped off during a chance encounter with Lucas, and he rolls up at the same time as Sam and Nick. Also, Jimmy's mom and her husband somehow find their ways there. Jimmy makes it through round one without any problems. During round two, the final round, Jimmy is set to face off with some girl and Lucas, but Putnam doesn't think that it's such a great idea. He chases Jimmy, Corey, and Haley throughout the Universal Studios theme park, but doesn't do it effectively enough. Jimmy competes in a brand new game, Super Mario Bros. 3, and emerges triumphant. Heading back home with the whole family, Jimmy sees something that stops him in his tracks, the giant dinosaurs in Cabazon, California. He makes everyone stop so he can get out of the car, and he walks inside and up some stairs. Out of his lunchbox, he takes out an old family photo that shows the Woods family at the same dinosaurs. Jimmy, Corey, Nick, Sam, Wendy, and Jimmy's twin sister, Jennifer, who died in a tragic accident. Visiting the dinosaurs and leaving her photo there gives Jimmy closure, and he is cured. It's a bananas movie. I barely talked about video games. Yeah, it is a lot. I mean, yeah. Can you... So, uh, could you actually reread the first sentence or two? Because actually the first note I took while I was watching the movie was just what a complicated family setup it right. is, you so, know? And yeah. like the first sentence or two, you're like, Jimmy's half-brother who doesn't live with this anymore. Like you really have to kind of <laughs> yeah. unwind it for a second. Yeah, like, so, so there's the kids are uh, Nick, who is Christian Slater. Corey, who I completely Fred forgot Savage. was in this movie. I'm not to- sure I've right. seen this movie since I saw it in theaters, to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. And then there's uh, Jimmy, uh, Jimmy is the son of Sam, who's played by Bo Bridges, and Wendy, who is played by. Uh, no, no, no! I'm sorry. Her is name it, is Christine. Her name is Wendy. Wendy Phillips. She was um, De Niro's wife in Midnight Run. Ah, that's right. Yeah. So okay, so Bo Bridges and Wendy Phillips had a kid. We don't know what happened to. They've had. They had the four mother. children. There were no. Yes, Sam, they had four children: Christian Slater, Fred Savage. Right. She, they she did have not, four children. Yeah, there is. So we don't know who Corey and Nick's mother is. What? No, it's Bo that Bridges one. first. It? No. <laughs> really? No. Bo Bridges <laughs> had a complicated setup. Bo I Bridges they had Nick and Corey with oh, just somebody else. Just, I have I have some notes on 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 how complicated I see and the ridiculous this. this is. This is crazy. But... I, I I am like a full. I was like watching this and I was like, how could a kid possibly understand this? But it turns out even a full grown adult could process it. <laughs> well, it's kind of like a who cares situation. Also, it's yeah, just none of this yeah. matters. None yeah, of this it's matters. Kind of, it's the just like is, there are four children in this family: Christian yeah. Slater, Fred Savage, the Wizard. And the dead girl. 
It took me a long time. I remember when I was a kid and I saw this movie, I was like very confused that the wizard wasn't Fred Savage, who was like yeah. the famous person in the movie. Like, the kid from it's Little a, Big League. You would assume looking at the poster, the it, the wizard must be Fred Savage or maybe Christian Slater or well, maybe Jenny never, Lewis. But They never well, actually say who the wizard is, do they? No, He's no, also they wearing a power glove. <laughs> He's also wearing a power glove on the poster, which- That's true. He Fred Savage touch in the movie. Yeah, Fred Savage. In yeah, maybe some versions games. of the poster. Right. He just yeah, likes exactly. to wear it sometimes. On the po- but, but, Lucas. but you know, Power Glove, they wanted to sell that shit. So I mean, here's what's up with this movie. I mean, it, the the thing that makes this movie unique is that it is a like actually it's a mostly light but somewhat dramatic road trip oh, yeah. movie like 80% of the time and then 20% of the time is a commercial for Nintendo. Yeah. And like it's just it, it's so bizarre that like the movie that they I totally make sense they decided to make a movie that was like 20% Nintendo commercial. Great decision. Yeah. I still support it. But it's so bizarre that how dramatic the other 80% right. is. Like it's so heavy. I mean, the brother has like some like uh yeah, the brother it's it's a it's just very heavy. Like I guess I don't want to does the movie call him autistic cuz actually no, the description because, on well, HBO does. The description I, on really, HBO says I it, don't it, think does he use is. The word autistic. He is he is not. So what they what they establish very vaguely and way too late in the movie is that Jennifer drowned in the river. Mm-hmm. Jimmy saw it happen. Yeah. So Jimmy's got this is like a Tommy situation. It's a PTSD. Where, yeah. Yeah. Jimmy is, yeah, PTSD. He's thrown into, and and also this is another part of it that just kind of slips right through is that the Christian Slater character was supposed to be watching them um, and like passed oh, out yeah. or something. I read there was another hour of this movie that they had to cut, like, and I was like, yeah. what would an extra hour of this movie be about? <laughs> I think um, that's just necessary they, exposition. Yeah, <laughs> I think they released a Blu-ray that has like all the deleted scenes, just the family tree. It's just, it's yeah, just it's just, like, explaining. It, it's Bobert's like. Just Right. You're going to want to sit down for this. People people will pay the extra money for this. That's yeah. The Criterion make, Collection like, makes it all clear. Th- th- that's just the strangest decision. It's just the strangest decision at the very core of this movie is like, why make the road trip piece so dramatic um, where the kid, where, yeah, this kid is dealing with at least PTSD. Like, why not make just like, why should the Nintendo, why does the Nintendo movie also have to have this heaviness? Why not just make like a Because otherwise movie? it's just like, a know, Nintendo like, movie. Other, well, like, you know, I'm sure it, I'm sure you guys have, have can rattle off like a hundred good like '80s kind of like kids on a road trip movie. You know, it's oh like, yeah, we've covered would, a lot of them already. <laughs> I would do it like a, I mean, I know we're we're putting the cart before the horse here, but I would do it like a Cannonball Run, and just have Dan. The yes, oh. sorry, or, I put the cart before the horse. No, okay. you put my cart before the horse. <laughs> I'm sorry. I put your cart before the horse. So forget I said that. But I wanted to point out another very strange thing. Uh-huh. Because when you finally see the picture that he has that shows all five of them as a happy family, it Same looks age? like it was taken the week ago. The yeah, week before. It, it, I it didn't was. think about that. I yeah. guess like that whole scene's a little strange because they arrive at the dinosaurs and the parents are like, what's he doing? And then he has the photo and it's like, remember, we were all here. And it's like, right. None of us thought of that on the way in for some reason. Like, with the, why were they all so oh. surprised that he wanted to stop at the yeah, dinosaurs? It's like, like they'd huh, take, they'd what are these gigantic dinosaurs? Yeah, they oh, all had to like, have been, been there. Giant dinosaurs fact, they like before. had a had obviously been there on a vacation or something. Well, when we were kids, we have family photos at the giant oh. dinosaurs. And of course, we talked about it every second afterwards. Yeah, we have pictures there when we were adults. That, we were so that whole scene. It. 
I mean, that yeah, this that whole scene, it's so weird that like the video game Armageddon climax happens and like then you have to get like Jimmy's the Jimmy payoff, you right. know, the, the climax of the Jimmy. But wait, there's line. more. There's more. There's weird stuff going on, though, because the, not only is there nobody working in this gift shop in up in the dinosaur. Yeah. But he goes right. Yeah. It's not the. The other the Christian bookstore that, that it is now, or yeah, was well, ten years ago. Now, yeah, um, but they go into that like back section, you know, that you wouldn't think right. people could just walk into. And if you look, they don't show it. I have no idea what it is, but um, on the wall behind where Jimmy is sitting, it says there's writing on the wall, and it says you. I could make out like ni- that the it had a year. Ni- it was 1980 something. Utah, and you could partially see the name Jennifer written. Oh. And it's not, yeah, it's behind him on the wall. I, I rewound, I paused to look at, uh-huh. and it's almost, it, it's kind of, I don't know how it could be anything else, mm-hmm. but it's never addressed. And like you said, the family doesn't recall this extremely, this thing that was very significant to this kid. Yeah. You know, very, little to no recollection of it. And yeah, there's there's just all these weird things right. strewn about that are Well, there's not only, so aside from that, there's also Haley's backstory, Jenny Lewis's character, which is like, she has this like vacant mother and like no father figure. And she's, I mean, she's off on her own. Right. The opposite. She has a father figure, but no mother. Or is that wrong? I think she says that she has a right. The mother skipped town. The mother skipped town. I don't remember. The mother was a dancer. The father's a trucker. Yeah, and the mother just the mother split, and the dad's a, we and we know that that's true because another she heavy ends, backstory, another heavy backstory, and uh, right, exactly, and but she's and she's like friendly with the 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 other truck drivers, Skippy, Slappy, Spanky, Spanky. There's a Slappy, Spanky. Yeah, there's like Spanky. Um, did you guys ever see um, one of my favorite movies, Premium Rush? In Premium Rush, there's kind of like a code <laughs> of like the bike delivery man. I have seen me of that it. where like all the truckers have this like this just like network where they all look out for each other at all times. I never, I haven't seen Premium Rush, but it seems like a really bananas movie, a very Premium specific Rush movie. <laughs> rules, I love it. It's great. It's like ninety minutes flat. I highly recommend it. It's like a perfect. <laughs> it's a perfect quarantine watch. I, I mean, I'm a big Joseph Gordon-Levitt fan, so. Oh, it's his, it's his best role. I mean, it's his best starring role for sure. Um, yeah, the movie is just so. It's just the whole thing is. I, I like. Why the the decision to make it this way is just so right. strange and like everything well, it about was designed, it. It was supposed to be level. a Tommy for younger audiences. So can you guys remind me what the plot of Tommy is? Like I know the music, but I honestly don't know what like the plot of Tommy is. So yeah, and it, it's kind of like the the plot on the concept album was modified a little bit for the movie, and then it was modified again for the musical. So I'm gonna go with the musical. Okay. Um, which I, which, cause Pete Townsend, I think mm-hmm. we had a little bit more of a hand in adapting that. So it starts off, you, you've got a couple in Britain, uh, during, you know, in the late thirties, early forties, the walkers, Captain Walker is a, an air force pilot and he gets shot down in enemy territory during world war two. And they think they, they think he's not going to come back. So meanwhile, there's there, like this guy, Uncle Ernie, who's been hanging around and like in the movie, he becomes Tommy's stepfather in the play. He doesn't because Captain Walker is released and and comes home from war. Uh, 
in the movie version, the which Alan Alan uh, oh it's Alan Parker I think directed that. Captain Walker shows up in the middle of the night, comes home from war, and Uncle Ernie kills him. In the musical, it's the reverse. Captain Walker comes home. Oh no, it's not. And it's not Uncle Ernie that he finds there. It's some other guy that that the mother starts like that the mother marries because she so thinks it's not her really the plot dead. of this movie. That's what yeah. I'm hearing. Well, so Tommy witnesses. This is all in the first like five to ten minutes that you all find right. all this out. But then you Tommy made witnesses this. We found a way to explain the, the first five or ten minutes in fifteen minutes. Well, no, I was because expl- I was talking about the differences with the movie and the, and the musical. But the uh, Tommy sees it and immediately withdraws. He only looks at himself in mirrors, and the kid is amazing at pinball. So he becomes really famous based on on pinball he's still they call him the deaf dumb and blind boy uh but he wins all these pinball tournaments and competitions and then he finally breaks out of the shell and he, and he's like oh my god being a celebrity sucks because everyone wants a piece of me uh and he eventually like reconciles with his parents and uncle ernie who molests him as a child um there's a whole part where he's tormented by his sadistic cousin uh so it's a it, i'm gonna come back to tommy but it's there, a great musical a and kid, the- so there is a kid who is has experienced trauma i guess mm-hmm. who is i don't know somehow but like and is skilled at some game but does he like enter a competition for the game or is it just like pinball like a metaphor or something pinball armageddon he plays the super it, mario brothers <laughs> three pinball game they have to get to reno well, I mean, it's you've heard the song "Pinball Wizard" before. Sure, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's Tom. I mean, well, that, that the character Tommy doesn't but sing that, like, but it, but it's not like this movie. There's no competition like they're trying to get to like this movie. No, there's not one like singular um, end of the road goal. Gotcha. Okay. Other than Tommy's um, emotional and mental well being. Right. Okay. So, so yeah, there's no there's think, no pinball. Is there a comp? Is I mean, there a Capazon California wizard- moment? No I do dinosaurs. think the wizard, the title, is intentionally evoking pinball wizard. I just like don't really know what they're right. getting at with it. Um, one thing about the California thing on the way home is help me understand the geography of this movie. They're from Utah, I think, mm-hmm. yeah. and then they take a road trip to get to Vegas. Or no, where's where do they? Where is video game Armageddon? L.A. It's in L.A. Oh, yeah. it's in L.A. Okay, yeah. then that's how they get there. Okay. Never mind that part. That part checks out. That part squares. That part makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So they're pretty much just doing a you know a straight line. What's confusing is how uh, Putnam and then Sam and Nick are able to find them with like nothing aside from just like little vague clues along the way. Well, pu- well, they get a big break where they I think they see a kid wearing his hat. Right. And well, then, that's and that's then, a big and then one. They like ask the kid where they're going and they're like he's going to video game Armageddon. It's like that's it. Then they find him from there well, basically. That, well, he doesn't tell them about video game Armageddon. I think that that's when when they find Lucas by pure coincidence. They are Lucas in a place is in Oh, is he in is the in, same place when they find the hat? He's yeah. like, oh, I know where around. those guys. I know He's where like those kids are. He's like sitting on a stool at the counter. Yeah. yeah. Is that the diner where Beth Grant works from the uh, Joel Schumacher Cinematic Universe? <laughs> the I very, don't know. The it. very same. Probably. Beth um, Grant. Yeah, she's in all the Joel Schumacher. Anyway, I, I have a great piece of trivia on the. I don't know the guy who's the, the creepy guy who's looking for the kids. What do you, oh, what do you call him? Putnam. 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 
So I'm like, who is this weirdo? Because this movie actually, before I talk about Putnam, uh, this movie is actually very well acted. And like Fred Savage was an incredible actor. Like he's so charming. He, like he goes and for Jenny, it. Jenny Lewis yeah. is great. Well, she's great. Um, Christian Slater's great. Like it's actually a Bo pretty well acted movie. And like Christian Slater it, and Bo Bridges have great chemistry too. They like they don't have a lot to do or anything, but they like acquit themselves fine. Like it's like totally fine. But Fred Savage and Jenny Lewis, I thought were like great in what is obviously not a terrific movie. And um, the Wizard Kid is also good in what is mm-hmm. like not could be a much Luke Edwards worse thing. Yeah. Uh, but Putnam is. I'm like, who is this guy? And I looked him up, and that guy, I don't remember Real his name. Like, he's apparent. He's apparently was George Lucas's second choice to play Luke Skywalker behind Mark Hamill. Really? Yeah. Can you no imagine that kidding. guy was Luke Skywalker? That guy was the second choice. Does he still That's wear a bolo tie on Tatooine? Yeah, he is less terrific. He's like a little bit in a different movie because he's like the bad guy from like a regular Disney movie, like where there'd be like a big flop sweaty villain who's like, I'm going to get those kids. Yeah, but like the pretty movie's much. actually like a little more serious than that in a weird way. So he like kind of doesn't fit. It's yeah. There's that that moment, and I I know this was like over 20 years ago or over 30 years ago, but there's that moment when he just grabs, he like picks Jimmy up in the, and he looks creepy anyway. Like he looks like a pedophile, and and but no one and no one's I like like no one really does anything. But then when she's when she's like, ah, he touched my breast. That's a funny joke. I actually laughed at that. So they're like, yeah. So the bounty hunter has finally found tracked them down, and he's like finds Jimmy, and he's like the bounty hunter is like winning, and then Jenny Lewis, who's yeah like a 13 year old girl in this movie just yells he touched my breast but i think it's i don't know just like it caught me off guard and i kind of laughed at it it's she, a little she weird nails the delivery she does nail yes, it she's yeah. good in the whole movie and then it's just like a weird cartoon logic thing happens where the cops like ask no questions of anyone but they mm-hmm. stop arresting they like just arrest him and like leave the scene without like taking any notes like which is good they really believe her in that moment which i guess is encouraging but it's like uh it's just like they, they, they exit a little clean. I don't know how much this facility is planning to pay him, but it doesn't feel like it's worth it with all the stuff that he ends up going through. Yeah, I mean, definitely incentivizing him to find a child and like he only gets paid if he finds the child feels like almost certainly not how actual child hunters work. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, it he starts like, off with both Bridges fucking up kids. his car. That's his thing. He finds runaway kids. Well, he fucks up Bo Bridges' car. He, he punctures well, Bo Bridges' car. Yeah, tire. I know. But yeah, but then a, as a result, Bo Bridges takes a shovel to his entire car. So it's like already to fix that's probably going to set yeah, him back it's, a little it's bit. It's definitely weird that they're like adults damaging each other's cars. It's like, oh, this is oh a yeah, they're, they're going full on at each other. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, there and especially the character of Putnam is is definitely, a little, you know, cartoonish. Right. And yeah. a lot of yeah, and a lot of those sequences are very cartoonish. Like no one's smashing up their cars like that and driving halfway across the country. No, not at all. I got one more actor I want to shout out, which yeah. is, and you guys are just gonna have to give me thirty seconds for this. But Please. the uh, guy on he's like at the he's the host of the Universal Studios tour. I don't think it's actually Universal Studios. I think it's something else. You know. It is. It's Universal I, it, it, Studios. It is, so there's a host, and he gets a Pee Wee yeah. Herman joke in where he says oh, yeah. like uh, he's like. This is where they're shooting their new movie with like Pee Wee Herman and Zsa Zsa Gabor, Zsa Zsa Gabor as the romantic yeah. leads. Yeah. Hey! 
next motion picture, Mayhem in Monte Carlo, starring Zsa Zsa Gabor and Pee Wee Herman in the romantic leads. And it's like kind of from that, I guess that weird period where people thought Pee Wee was like a real person or something. who would just star in... But anyway, that guy is... I just and I let me tell you, I recognize him just like this. He is the his name is Jim Perry. He is the bike safety counselor in a little video called Bike Safety Camp that I have no a lifelong obsession with. Way. Go on YouTube, look up Bike ah. Safety Camp, and just watch any minute or two of it, but especially the last 30 seconds. It's like this old video about bike safety. And hey, that guy's the bike hey, safety Jeff, counselor. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna play a clip from it, just the audio from it right now. Which clip should I play right now? That's a good question. I mean, probably something towards the end. Or uh, yeah, there's the a, there's like the, a summary. The end. There's Sam a part Sprockets. where he dances, which would be bad radio. But like right before <laughs> that, they kind of summarize everything in a dance and a rap a little bit. So you all learned the rules, and camp is done. See, it wasn't boring. Bike safety is fun. We are both on the road. That's the way, yeah, ride safe every day. Take the bikes, they're for you, but whatever you do, always follow the rules of Sam Bike Safety School. And, and the name is Sam oh. Sprocket, right? Yeah, he plays yeah. Sam Sprocket. He's in Bicycle Safety Camp. This dude kills it in this like terrible Bike Safety Camp video that looks like it's like a local production. But this guy's like, he does this dance at the end that is incredible. Like he's, I've always, I've loved, I love this guy so much. And he has this, this, this bit role. And I was like, Sam Sprocket. I got so excited when I, I saw him. I can't believe that that's Sam Sprocket. He's so good in this. He's, I yeah, have he, it. He gets a laugh. He, he tells a joke. It's kind of funny. Oh, I have three act. He's one of the three actors that I really wanted to shout oh, out wow. in that holy. And and also just to say, like the the reason why I was like that is actually Universal Studios is mm -hmm. because that King Kong ride is very oh, familiar. Right. From yeah. our, they're yeah, they're not yeah, going to yeah. set that up just for. Uh, well, it's Universal Studios. Right. The weird thing about like the studio, he doesn't say Universal Studios. It's like the new Mick Mick Govern Studios. Like there's like a weird. Oh, fictional. really? It does I mean, not matter. No, no. Yeah. Oh, no. He says it, it's the director. He's talking about the oh, news. Remote, okay. romance. Yeah. Got yeah. it. Got it. Okay. Glad we cleared that up with wizard no, fans. Before we get, before we get inundated with hate mail from wizard fans. Bring it no. on. Ruinchildhoodspot at gmail.com. We do have to loan a certain, we talked about the percentage, like 20% Nintendo ad. There's at least 5% Universal Studios oh, yeah. Hollywood yeah, ad. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, with, and I, I was like, the, I, um, looking at it, I thought that tour guide was amazing. Uh, I thought the Charlie Chaplin looked more like Alfred Molina. Mm. Um, and I thought the guy who did the check-ins for video game Armageddon. Oh, right. I looked him up too. Oh, the guy who did the, the check-ins or the host? Uh, oh, the, so the host, uh, the I love them both. The guy who does the, the check-ins is Lee Arenberg. Who um, was recently in Once Upon a Time? Uh, he was in the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Anyway, right, Robert, right. Robert, 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 yeah. Hi, hey. hi. Want you to register? Good. Yeah, my name is Jimmy Woods. What? Jimmy Woods. What game is it? What game are they playing? Well, for the prelims, we're playing Ninja Gaiden. Hey. He knows Ninja Gaiden. We're in. It's great. You're in. Fantastic. Pin this to his back and hustle it on in there. You're blowing it. You're late. Move it, move it, move it. Let me tell you, my, my headcanon was that Jim Perry, who is the guy I'm talking about from Bike Safety Camp, he applied, he 
auditioned to play the host, which he would have killed, by the way. Totally. But this other guy got it, and they were like, well, we got this other guy. He tells a joke. Why don't you be the, the tour guide instead? Because the guy who is the host of Video Game Armageddon is also a pretty good performance. And I looked him up, and he's like in a ton of horror movies. And I was like, oh, yeah. That makes sense because he's like kind of like drawn, just like has like a distinct look about him. And I was like, yeah, I can totally see this guy's like a maniac ripping out some organs oh or something. As the clock winds down, who will survive as we have? I was like inspired by their energy. They were yeah, so yeah, yeah. Was good. The also video game Armageddon, it's only two rounds. That's a big well, to do. There's so far we've only discussed the non-video game elements of this, of this <laughs> yeah, <I know>. movie. <laughs> I'd like we to discussed really the death the, of a child. <laughs> I'd like to really get into the Nintendo bits as a separate right, matter. But so, that's, what, well, that's, what's, that's what's so weird about it. Is well, it really okay, is like two things so, fused together? So the reason why we asked you to come on and we would have got wanted you to come on for something eventually. So it just makes sense for it to be this one. But like you know, you had all the video game systems. Like you were the that's house to true. go to. I, well, you I, had. I just compared I just, to us. Like, Compared to well, us, you guys just didn't have any video game systems, nope. but I just Correct. had Nintendo. I just had yeah. Nintendo, which was like the th- that's all you and, needed and back then. That's all you needed. We all yeah. played Nintendo at your house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, lo- I mean, <laughs> I loved it, and I was like yeah. into it, and it was like part of my identity, and it still is, I guess. And it was like my thing or whatever, and that's <laughs> that is part of why. Well, that's the, but that's the thing. And that is why I'm, sh- I saw this movie in theaters, which I p- pretty clearly remember. Right. And I'm, sh- I'm sure that's why. I'm sure I wasn't like, I want to see that Fred Savage road trip movie. And this movie just would be completely forgotten if it wasn't for all the Nintendo elements. Like the Nintendo thing like, is what makes it unique. Yeah. You know, well, it was the great montage of them, of Jenny Lewis calling Nintendo Powers like tip line. Uh-huh. There you go, up this. Nintendo game playing. This is Rick. How can I help you? Hi. My name is Haley, and I've got a wizard who's going all the way to the championships in Los Angeles. Is that so? All I need is a little help. Okay, let's start with Simon's Quest. Okay, now where exactly are you? Oh, I've interviewed a Nintendo Power tip line counselor on my oh, yeah. podcast. Oh, I had we'll someone who wasn't in the link that. to that yeah. episode in our yeah, d- in yeah. That's, that's a really good one. Um, yeah, so that's anyway, that's like kind of what I enjoyed about this movie, actually, and what makes right. it interesting. Right? Like, I mean, kind of what I remember about it is like, it's really one of the first movies I can think of where like playing video games is like a normal thing people do. And it's like, obviously like centered. It's not like really what playing video games is like or anything, but it's like in the movie, there's actually one scene where like the adults are playing video games at lunch and then right. like, they kind of hustle them. It's just like a movie where like people were playing and enjoying video games on screen and like, at the time, like, I feel like if you ever saw it, it was like a nerd in the corner or whatever. And like, or a kid it was a trailer sort park. of like one of the first sort of mainstream incursions of like video game culture into yeah. like something, you know, that's, that's mainstream. And that's, I, I don't know. So I appreciated that about it. And like, I thought it was a weird artifact in that way, even though it's like not a very good movie, but uh, I did. But that's actually that. But that's part of the subplot, too, is how, you know, Bo Bridges starts out being a video game. Naysayer that's right. And yeah. He spends all yeah. night playing 
Ninja Turtles. It's so funny. I mean, video games, it's so funny how far they've come in. How old is this movie? 30 years, I guess. Is that right? And um, yeah. I mean, it's like they just bring a Nintendo everywhere and Christian Slater like plugs in Ninja, plugs it in. He starts playing Ninja Turtles in like the hotel room. Guys, if you don't know, Ninja Turtles on Nintendo is a hard fucking game. It is <laughs> so hard. And like, keep the, idea just, like in, the idea that you're just like in a hotel, and you're just like, I'm going to start playing this really hard game that like I probably, it's just like so funny how you used to have to like, you could, wouldn't be continuing your save. It's just like, you're just yeah, playing Ninja Turtles. Yeah, I think the Turtles. story with that was that uh, Christian Slater found his brother's Nintendo like in the back of the truck and it was like broken yes. but he fixed it. And then he it. fixes it. Yeah. And then... So they just Which I thought was going to be a thing that he can fix things. I thought that was going to be like relevant to the and plot maybe later. In Not the at all. full Not version. At all. Maybe just that's what the other hour is about. <laughs> yeah, it's about <laughs> how he's just really uh, good at fixing shit. So I mean... Here's it's part of the metaphor. A lot of... I mean, there are different companies. They're not all first-party Nintendo games. It's not like Mario, right. Metroid. Yeah. Metroid's not even in it. Zelda is not in it, though. They mention Zelda and Link. Um, but it's like you see, uh, let's see, Double Dragon is, Jesus, I don't even know. I, started, I The first one, I don't know, Trade West or Tato's or something. It's a Japanese company. But then is you got Konami. Is it Konami? Maybe. you have. They definitely mentioned Simon's Quest, which is Konami. And Cat Contra, they show is Konami mm. as well. But there's some non-Konami games as well. Um what else is in there? Uh, boy, I just started listening. I'm like, I was going to know them all, and then, and then I totally froze. <laughs> well, what else do they play? Uh, while you're thinking of that, I should also mention that like, I checked the, n- the 1989 Nintendo Power magazines, and none of them mentioned The Wizard. Like, you think that they would be promoting The Wizard, but I looked and- oh, Wait, wasn't there- I'm sorry to interrupt, John. Wasn't there- And correct me if I'm wrong- Jeff, because I seem to remember you having this, like a mini version of Nintendo Power that they gave out at theaters when you saw The Wizard? I do not remember that. It's very possible. I, I don't so remember that. So in my Google searches, I couldn't find anything like that. In the movie, she pointedly says, I got all these Power magazines. And I know that was weird. She didn't say Nintendo Power. Like she says, well, just Power you're on the inside, you just oh, call them Ninja Power. Gaiden is one they feature. Who made Ninja right. Gaiden? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here's the thing about I noticed they say I was actually impressed they said Ninja Gaiden, which I believe is the correct pronunciation. Some but, I feel like some characters say Gaiden, some say Gaiden. And there's one scene where Jenny Lewis like kind of overpronounces it and she's like you know Ninja, Ninja Gaiden. Gaiden. You know? And I was like, I mean, just like had someone on set to like, you know, like be like, by the way, it's not Gaiden. And like, yeah. you know, really, really so yeah, so well, just going back to the Nintendo Power thing, like I, I guess they are all Konami games. Like the the non Nintendo ones are, I think, oh, yeah. Konami games. You might that be right. Would, Rand- Contra. Uh, I'm sorry, Double Double Dragon. I just looked up. Was it says Trade Trade West? I did say Trade West. Yeah, not Konami at this point. Right. So the Nintendo Power magazines. There's a resource online that doesn't have like all of them, like all the pages cataloged, but it says like what's in each section. And they definitely have a feature on Batman the movie, and they definitely talk about a lot of the other, like, you know, TV show tie-ins, like the Ninja Turtles game and stuff like that. But, like, I didn't see anything that mentioned The Wizard, which was Looking just Looking at old Nintendo Power surprising. scans is, like, one of the best highs I can get. Like, the nostalgia <laughs> I feel when I look at that, because well, I used to study those so, so just deeply. Go- going back to, like, what we were talking about at the beginning, it's like, we went, we met at this because we were all going to the same summer camp and we carpooled together. That's how we like initially yeah. started oh, hanging out. And you're, you know, in the back of your mom's car, always yeah. a Nintendo power. Yeah. At least I was one. reading, I mean, I'm an only child. So I was just like reading my Nintendo powers in the back of the car. Like, like there's not an image from the Nintendo powers of my youth that you could show me 
that wouldn't like tickle the nostalgia part of my brain. Like I mm-hmm. saw every issue, like every corner, every like screenshot really like poured over and studied, um, which is how I definitely saw this movie. And so here's the other thing about this movie that like you really got to talk about when you talk about this movie is it is the debut of Super Mario Brothers 3 in the U.S. In the US. People in the U.S. had not seen this. So this is kind of – you couldn't do this now. The reason it worked, and I never understood this. I just like Wikipedia while I was watching the movie, is because Mario Brothers 3 came out in Japan a year before it came out in the U.S. Yeah. So the game was like done, and like they wouldn't do that now. Like they'd release them the same month, if not the same day or whatever, you know? And yeah. This part of the movie, like seeing Mario Brothers 3 for the first time was a huge deal. Like, mm. you know, like uh, to say at least this predates like YouTube trailers and that sort of thing. So the idea yeah. that you were just going to see like a minute. I mean, you were in a lot of ways sitting through this like boring road trip movie to see like a minute or two of Mario 3 footage. And it was worth it. Like, I remember I came out of that and I wasn't like, oh, my God, it was so exciting when they got caught up with the truckers. I was like, Mario 3 is insane. I must have Mario 3. <laughs> and it doesn't hurt that, like, the thing that they're hyping up so much is, like, Mario 3 is arguably still the best video game of all time. Like, it was, it's, like, still it's great. very possibly the single best game of all time. Like, even Mario 1 and 2, which are great, like, Mario 3 is the one where, like, the formula that they still follow today, like, really locks in. And Yeah, uh, well, it becomes a little less, like linear where you know different things can happen and that's something that comes up in the movie that makes me wonder like how does Haley know that there are warps it's so strange yeah yeah yeah. if it's so new then i was just picturing them telling jenny lewis like uh, like there's one scene where like oh the turtle hit him with his boomerang (laughs) it's just been like all right fred here's what's going on in this scene you know it's just like just just roll with it you just gotta, you just gotta, yeah. But like, I, I still watching this today, like, kind of got chills when he was like, "They're gonna play a game you've never seen before." <laughs> like, I still got kind of excited. And it's it a was, fun movie to watch. I was thinking about it, Jeff, from the perspective of, uh, from your perspective, seeing it being so, uh, you know, into Nintendo and really studying it. And this is before, you know, like you said, you can't go on YouTube and watch a trailer. You can't go on online and see screenshots somewhere. You're seeing Super Mario 3. You're seeing footage from it for the first time on a, on the big screen. Mm-hmm. Like I just, I, to me, that feels like as a, like a video, a huge video game fan to go see it and see it blown up beyond yeah. your, your television screen. Just I'm must sure I saw thrilling. this movie in theaters and a hundred percent of my memory of seeing it is Mario Brothers 3 is in it. Like <laughs> that is the only thing I remember about the movie. Like since then I've seen the power glove scene on YouTube, which is, we have, we didn't discuss and we should discuss. Oh my God. Yeah. We have insane. barely talked oh, about it. It probably is the single craziest like it is the kind of I'm sure it's probably the scene that has the most views on YouTube. Let's say you know because it yeah. is truly it's so, really something. So what it's happens so is bad. while they're hustling kids in like the diners and stuff, some of the kids are just like he's good, but he's not nearly as good as Lucas. And they're just like, who's this Lucas guy? <laughs> and like they send him, they send them like to his house, and he's just kind of there, and he's like, I've got all like 97 Nintendo games, and that is weird when he says that. It's yeah. like, okay, and then he How, uh, how's Abadox, bro. Is Abadox <laughs> any good? <laughs> so, you the wizard? No, he is. <laughs> <laughs> this guy, I don't get it. Is he like a poster child for someone? <laughs> for your information, butthead, he's headed for the video championships in Los Angeles. Oh. Is that right? Well, let's just see how good he is then. Guys? 
Pick any game you want. I'm good at all of them. I have 97 of them. You know all 97 of them? So then he puts on the power glove, which makes it seem so cool and like something that actually works, which from what I remember, like doesn't really work all that well. I don't know. Did You I, didn't I've have that one, did you? I've never. No, I've never touched a power glove. You know, I, yeah, I've never touched a power glove. I didn't have oh. that many games, but my parents were pretty good about letting me like rent one every mm. weekend at Blockbuster. Oh, so yeah. I was like always. So was, and even still with games, that's what I love is like kind of sampling them all and like trying them all and seeing what their deal is. And um, so I, 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 I was just, that's probably, I didn't like have, like I didn't, I never had any like crazy kind of Nintendo gear. I've still to this day never touched a power glove. And I've, through College Humor, actually played with a lot of weird Nintendo equipment. Oh, yeah. Like I had a Robbie the Robot and stuff. Um, and the zapper, obviously, but I've, and I actually Robbie watched this movie robot, and made me think wow. like, boy, I'd love to like see a power glove in real life. Let me just quickly look on eBay. And it was like $150. Was like, like $90. I was like, way too much, way too. I don't know what my number was, but it was way below that. Cause like, I was kind of just curious. It is kind of weird. I like, I should see one. Like, I would like to play with one. I would, I would. But, um, yeah. Yeah. That game they're playing, it's like, I've never heard of that game. <laughs> and, uh, I don't, I think it, the one that's the racing game. Yeah, it's F1 Dream. It's like oh. must be one of like the three games that supports the power glove or something. Right. But, but the way where, like, he's the, just they, like steering yeah, they, they, they the air the out. Like it's like it's like Thor's hammer or something, yeah. you know? It's like this like tool yeah. that like gives him an edge. It's so funny that he has 97 games. There's just like not that many good Nintendo games. It's like, <laughs> yeah, you ever play Clue Clue Land? And they're like, what? What's Clue Clue Land? And he's like, it's fucking awesome. <laughs> but not. He's like, I don't know, man. Seems kind of lame. All right, so Lucas, uh, who is played by Jackie Vinson. Dan, do you want to tell Vinson. everyone who what is that? happened with this guy? Well, Jackie Vinson uh, ended up becoming a um, sex offender. He is a registered sex offender in the, uh, in the state of New York. Um, he was convicted in 2004 of um uh, sexual two two counts two acts or more of sexual misconduct against a child and i believe if i'm reading this coding properly it is a child uh, under the age of 11 so not a good guy Fun on screen trivia. and off <laughs> yeah i've heard i've heard he's been trying to like rehab his image on twitter but i couldn't find him and i really didn't his image as go. the bully in the wizard <laughs> <laughs> hey guys it's me the people that everybody hate from the movie that everybody <laughs> now loves for some reason 
Don't, well, don't Google me. Yeah. Anyway, Google moving on. <laughs> I've done worse things than put on a power glove. Yeah. Uh, How did he get those kids into the van? But, uh, you know, one thing that this movie is kind of known for now is the very first on-screen appearance by his little crony, Toby Maguire. Oh yeah, yeah. I miss just yeah. What, he's not even his he's not even his hometown crony. No. He's like he's, he's just he kind of hanging out at in, in L.A. Yeah, yeah. So and there he is. Yeah, it's just like uh, it's so funny to imagine this movie without the Nintendo business. Like, was it like a regular script that like some like you know aspiring screenwriter sold, and then they were like, "Hey, you know that thing you got? It's really good. Here's the deal." Uh, it's now about a video game tournament. <laughs> Can you uh, get that done by the weekend? <laughs> uh, just real quick, uh, one of the other, I guess, like uncredited cameos in this, which I don't even know if you'd call it a cameo because like nobody knew who this was, but like uh-huh. I guess one of Corey's friends, like they, he has a friend at one point. Maybe it's in a deleted scene or something, but it's Dante Bosco, the kid who plays Rufio in Hook. Oh, cool. So that's okay. That's a thing. Um, oh. But I don't remember him having any friends. So I'm just like, where did that come in? Deleted scene. I guess it's so. crazy. There's a two and a half hour scene. And if it was like all, it was all about that extra hour. If it was all about video games, that would have been thrilling for me. <laughs> it's like not. There's still not like a lot of movies about people who play video games, which makes sense. Like I guess it's hard to depict yeah. and make exciting or whatever. But right. Like, so you have I'm the str- last. King you have the Kong. last Starfighter. Which I, there's a few do- there's yeah. a lot of documentaries King of Kong well documentaries yeah. inspired by King of Kong but like what I'm trying yeah. to think like narrative like pixels I guess like there's not like a lot of movies about just like people who play video games oh, I you guess mean the, the movie where Josh Gad has kids with Qbert that's the one yes <laughs> hey kids daddy's home that's pixels okay. Yeah. Um, spoiler alert. Jeez. All right. Um, <laughs> no one cares. Yeah. I'm trying to think anything else that's really about the playing of right. video games. Yeah. Jumanji. Really... The new Jumanji. Jumanji. And right. The but that's Jumanji. less to, right. Yeah. But that's less about like sitting in front of a TV screen yeah. and like holding a controller. I guess there's that Ryan Reynolds movie that was supposed to come out this summer, I think, and has been delayed, obviously it called, oh. I want to say free guy. That looked yeah. like it was oh, about yeah. someone stuck in a video game. Stuck in a video game. It looked to be about sort right. of like playing about playing. But anyway, like this is, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself with the reboot thing here, but it's just kind of crazy that like no one has made a movie about a kid who is good at video games. Like that seems like a juicy topic. And like, I, I guess I haven't seen anyone except this incredibly singular, bizarre movie uh, do a take Well, there's on it. also the movie Gamer. The Gamer Michael is like, oh. oh yeah, I've seen Where Gamer. He is it's Gerard a Neville, Butler. It's a Gerard Neville Butler. Dean and Hall movie. Um, those guys who made Crank Two, which right. I, I guess they made Crank One, but I love Crank Two very much. <laughs> and um, they, I've seen Gamer. It's like a post-apocalyptic thing. There's yeah, like, it's I don't weird. Know. It, I watched more like it and I was like, this is not good. Um, yeah, it's kind of yeah. like where, like the Running Man, but where he's controlled by someone remotely. Yeah. I think so. I honestly like he's don't something remember. Like, video game it's character. definitely not about a kid who's good at video yeah. games. No. Which is what most movies should be about if I was in charge <laughs> well, when I was eight years old. Yeah. I mean, but it's interesting though, you're right. Like there haven't been a lot and now, even though like the video game world, I feel and and I say this as an mostly an outsider, 
but it seems more fragmented because the arcade is is kind of a thing of the past. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like 96 games. I have like 96 games on my phone and like yeah. I paid like four dollars for the sum of them or whatever. You know, <laughs> it's like, um, yeah, there are more games. I don't know. There are more games. The other thing is there are more game tournaments like video game Armageddon is like obviously not a real event. I guess there was like a Nintendo World Championship that I think was like largely right. a Nintendo marketing. It wasn't like a serious sports pro league, at least as I understand it, if it was, I got to get them on my podcast. But um, they um, this movie like uh, now there's like I mean, every, you know, once in normal times, but even now there's like a major video game tournament every week. But they are and they mm-hmm. are it isn't within the same like, I don't know half dozen games most of them i would think well and this is where it it i i guess like the current climate the uh with covid comes in because i was uh i remember back in in the spring i was talking to a colleague of mine a fellow teacher at the school who said that what he had been having a hard time getting one of his students to do work and the kid was like I'm making like, I don't know, a thousand dollars a week playing video. Like he was just doing, he was cool. like recording, Twitch doing like or something. Oh my yeah. God. He I'm was so just doing that. I think when I was a kid, I would yeah, be no so kidding. into it. There'd be so much embarrassing. Like <laughs> I'd be so canceled right now. <laughs> yeah. You'd have enough money to deal with it. But I mean, from what these kids, and this is not the first time I've heard of, you know, uh, a high school kid or even a middle school kid actually making a lot of money. Mm-hmm playing video games now Can they I don't have you guys, to drive cross country but when i was a kid i look the far side's a great comic and gary larson's great but mm-hmm. <laughs> but when i was a kid there was a comic um a far side of these kid playing video games and his parents are kind of looking at him and like dreaming of the want ad page like the, the um. want ads and like the jobs that he will have as video game like princess needs saving or whatever and it's kind of like a joke about how like there's no job or whatever when you get video games and it's like kind of a waste of time like they're kind of proudly looking on like imagining the jobs the kid's gonna get and when this comic came out because nintendo was like a major part of my identity like we got like all of my parents friends we got so many copies of this keep in mind this is like <laughs> 1991 this is not like you copy and paste it and send it in a fucking text. You got to cut effort. it out of the goddamn newspaper. <laughs> you got to find a fucking Xerox machine. We had like a laminated copy of it. Like, do you know how hard it was to like send someone a comic at that time? We had so many copies. I mean, like everyone gave my family one of them. It was very embarrassing. I really hated it. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the second episode where we've discussed uh, issues we've had with uh, Farside comic strips, the other one being Ishtar. Oh, yeah. So, uh, Gary Larson, we love you, but you can't, hey, you can't keep coming up on the show. He was, he was awful. Look, I'm just saying Gary Larson missed on this one. Turns out being now. Yeah. Who knew? Yeah. And the caption, I just looked it up because I forgot. The caption is hopeful parents. Oh. It's like better than I described. Obviously, it's better than I described it. The far side is good and it's just like a far totally solid great. hit or whatever. Yeah. Anyway. So, Jeff, if you were tasked with uh, bringing this movie into the 2020, maybe without the whole pandemic situation, what would you do? Yeah. I mean, I think that you can just make, I mean, like it actually almost makes sense. It, it is rebootable, to be honest, um, because mm-hmm. one, the original is not terrific, but the name is remembered and it's kind of like fondly remembered in an odd way you'd lose a lot of the power because it's completely impossible to like premiere a video game thing within a film now. I like don't think that makes sense, but I guess like, I think there is probably 
like to make a movie about like a kid who's good at video games and like has to go across the country on a road trip to like participate in tournaments like a no brainer. It seems like such a obvious movie to me. I think you just make it like a fun road trip movie. <laughs> like yeah. lose all the heaviness. And 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 it's like a legacy quill where like you know uh they see Lucas's uh they see Lucas's they like like Lucas maybe it's like a Cobra Kai thing and like Lucas hmm. is like oh yeah like well I guess it's not Lucas now that I know more about that actor all right forget you see it. his it's mugshot that's maybe what there's you like an oblique reference where they visit the dinosaurs thing yeah. and they see they find a lunch pail that says like Jennifer on it and they're like what's this and then I was like oh and they just like throw it in the garbage and continue <laughs> but it ties it to the continuity of the original film yeah right. Uh, like, I don't know, it's full of dumb pictures or something. <laughs> it's like throw it in the garbage, burn it. So, so Dan, you, you mentioned something earlier. Do you mind? Go, John, go ahead. All go right. Ahead. So the idea that I had was that in this universe, you know, it's been like 30 some odd years since this video game Armageddon. And now it's just like never been bigger Clearly now there are a lot more video game competitions, but like video game Armageddon is like the one to go to. And there's like the legend of Jimmy the Wizard Woods. And like there's like everybody knows the story about how he had to get there. And then there's like a a superstition and like a tradition that like people competing try to like go on the same like route that he went on, like from Utah through Reno and uh, Mm. people try to do it the same way that he did it with like, you know, of course no cell phones and you know, you only have like $24 to start and you've got to find your way there with like biker gangs and truckers trick. Yeah. Christian Slater's in it. He's there. Um, You have a guy chasing you. You just have to find him and grab him. Yeah. Uh, So what I was, and what I wrote in my notes, Dan was basically tween cannonball run. Where it's just like you have these people who set off and you only have like, you know, a a week and a half to get there or something, but you have to like figure it all out on your own. You know what? Maybe that's a good idea. And you should cleave. This movie is two movies, right? It's like video game movie and road trip movie. You should cleave those in two. One movie, you do tween cannonball run. That's a great idea for a movie. Movie two is like a movie about a kid who's good at video games. It's like Karate yeah. Kid, but for video games. That's it. Those are two, those are two th- hit movies I we just I think I read somewhere that it was like the people looked at it when they were making it as being like a Karate Kid for video games. Uh, and it's yeah, I bet like totally Karate Kid for Blank was like an extremely popular screenplay oh, pitch. Oh my in the god, 80s. totally! Uh, and then yeah. I just had some thoughts about like you know if there was to be any kind of like remake, who would be who? And for um, Putnam, the only person I can think of was Toby Huss. I mean, Toby Huss was great. Already the strongest man on earth from the Adventures of Pete and Pete. Who's he he's been in everything. He's did you watch Catch um, Fire? Hold and Catch Fire, yeah. Yeah, well, a friend so... of mine was a creator on that. Oh, yeah. uh, oh right, yeah, Chris that. Rogers. Yeah. yeah, so um, yeah, he's great on Halt and Catch Fire. Uh, yes, totally. I that was Putnam was the only recasting choice that I made. Yeah, same here. <laughs> who, 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 <laughs> Quentin Tarantino. Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> I would love to see Quentin Tar- like because now what he's going to direct one more movie, and I would love to see him just go back to like doing like little acting roles and just have fun. And Quentin Tarantino as as Putnam, but 
Um, frankly, yeah, I'm not sure you, guess- you could just cut Putnam from the movie. There's like, because like, there's he's there's like four antagonists, and like, honestly, well, you don't what need if you just have them. what if you just have a spinoff movie that's just Putnam, and it's this guy who's mis- this like miserable it. guy whose job is finding kids, and he's <laughs> I, like a I, scumbag. <laughs> I need like not, a prequel. I, what led I'm, him to that? Yeah, yeah right? I'm not so interested in your creepy Putnam movie. But, um, <laughs> we could get Jackie Vincent. It could be his comeback role. <laughs> oh, geez. No, thank you. Yikes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, my, oh, oh, my wait, only wait, other... I, I had one more oh. idea. I had one more idea. And this is based off of uh, their experiences in Reno. Kid Casino. Oh, very <laughs> funny that there's like a casino with like a kid's arcade next yeah, to it. You know, super like weird. That, that's like definitely not. Yeah. I, can I tell you? I, I looked up the um, Ebert review of this movie because sometimes, oh, yeah. like when I watch a movie, <laughs> where like he, it. that's Go old figure. enough that he was alive, I like to look oh, up like God. the contemporaneous review. And yeah, <laughs> here's what he's here's what he wrote. I love this quote. The plot of the movie involves the youngest kid's desire to watch California. His brother decides to take uh, to help. His brother decides to help him do it. His brother decides to help him do it, and along the way, uh, he reveals a talent in video games that allows him to support themselves, and suggests a goal at the of the world championship. Those are the only headlines. A full plot description would make this movie sound like a nasty pile-up. Descri- Fuck, I fucked it up. A full description would make this movie sound like a nasty pile-up down at the screenplay factory. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> a nasty pile-up down at the screenplay factory. That's great. When, when Ebert was, oh like, boy. good and funny, he was really good and funny. He's totally right. There's, he like, a lot on. of business in this movie. Yeah. Because also, like, the dad who wants to institutionalize Jimmy, he's Neil... Sh- I looked him up. He's, like, um, Neil Schweibert on yeah. uh, Freaks and Geeks. Freaks and Geeks, yeah. Which is like a pretty small part. Like he's on like yeah, I don't know, episodes of like Breaks and Geeks yeah. or whatever. Oh, yeah, but he's so yeah. memorable. Like yeah. everyone on he's that show. He's great. Is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess you know what it made me think of because uh, I didn't really have like a remake reboot. I was like, yeah, what do you do with this again? Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like it's a product of its time. But it made me think about adaptations of of musicals and how. Tommy the the Broadway musical, mm-hmm. uh, which I really loved, I thought it was great. Why not? just make a muse why not just make the tommy musical tommy make him i mean well because musical theater and musical movies are you know like hamilton everyone watched hamilton and like rocket man was in fact that's who i would want to direct it would be whoever the the director of rocket man whose name i am not looking at at the moment and don't don't remember but uh i thought rocket man had that kind of energy that I would love to see a uh, like Tommy the musical. Dexter so Fletcher. Have... Dexter Fletcher. Thank Ooh, you. I, I, I got really that. nervous that I was looking at the Rocket Man with like French Stewart, but then I was like, oh, oh no, 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 it's the right one. Okay. I, I could see this movie being like randomly remade as like a Broadway musical. It's just like, what? That's a, the Wizard is a Broadway musical. The only problem is that it's so so much of its power is in the Nintendo stuff, and Nintendo would like not oh, yeah. well, not touch this with like a ten foot pole. Right, totally. But what's also interesting is like right now Nintendo's really popular because of the Switch and Animal Crossing, which is like everybody's favorite quarantine game. I think Nintendo does not. It's kind of funny. Like Nintendo's done a lot of like nasal gazing and like n- nasal gazing, navel gazing. I'm not even sure I'm using it correctly. Navel gazing. Now that I said it, I'm not sure I'm using it correctly. It's like, but like they do a lot of like kind of putting their own history into games and doing like references mm-hmm. to other Nintendo stuff. And they've never done a reference to this. Like I feel like you could do like a, a kind of like like in a description in a Smash Brothers or something. Yeah, I think it just kind of like shat the bed, and they're just like, oh, we'll just erase that from our history. 
I don't even know. Like, I think it's kind of fondly remembered, even though it's it like is, obviously it, not a very good movie. Right? It's <laughs> not looked like at a as film, a good movie, it's like but not it's not a good movie. It right. is considered a cult classic. Look, nostalgia, it's, though. It's, I, I, it's I, I nostalgia completely remember factor. seeing it. I'm sure I was thrilled with it when I was a kid, and I completely remember seeing it as a kid. And it's just like, but like honestly, if they were just like parents were charging fifteen dollars or how much was the movie then like let's say ten dollars seven dollars four dollars yeah we're charging five dollars for your kids to come to the movies for an hour and a half we're just going to show the mario 3 trailer like 15 times i would have been like mom i gotta go i gotta go i must see this and i would have been like just as happy probably happier yeah right and let's see i'm trying to think of even like what year we would have met you it probably would have been kind of around that time Oh, that's interesting. I would like to think I know you guys by the time this movie came out. What do you say? It was 89. This is 89. I'm seven. I think so. I think I was in day camp. I, I think it might have been like 88, 89. Yeah. So like right that at this right time. So it's even possible that we saw it together. I know we all. We I went to a that, ton like, of movies together. That's Well, and I correct. remember we went to a ton of movies in, in 1989. I can't and, enough, we were really bad at sports. Yeah. <laughs> like we needed like some other interest to define our personalities. This is true. Yeah, um, I yeah definitely saw a lot of movies with with uh, with you and your family, and we love yeah, movies. What else? We love movies. Yeah, what else are we gonna? Yeah. what else are we gonna do? And Dan, weren't you Jeff's babysitter for a I, time? Yeah, well, I wouldn't have played Nintendo otherwise, yeah, right? <laughs> probably because we could didn't have it. So yeah, yeah we would no, occasionally I, rent if we were if we were really good. We would rent a Sega Genesis from Blockbuster yeah, for a weekend. Yeah, your parents seem to hold pretty firm on the let's not have video games in the we house had line, Game which Boys. is pretty reasonable. Well, no, I don't think that's an option with kids anymore. Well, that's right. We had the Commodore 64. Oh, yeah. You guys had that Commodore 64, which has like yeah, a pretty legit gaming scene. That's like, you guys were the only people I knew with the Commodore 64. You have to like turn it on and be like, you have to like know the you to program. sequence, be <laughs> yeah. like, run the system, C- like do dash. stuff. You have to like, you have yeah. to turn the two keys at the same time. Pretty much. Kind of, yeah. yeah. But I remember there's that. There's some great games There's some that. good Commodore 64. The Indiana legit. Jones games were, were great. It's definitely like fondly remembered Commodore 64 as a, yeah. as a gaming platform. I got like, Scott for like, preserved. I don't know, a birthday or a holiday or something. The like, you know, the the miniature Commodore 64 that you plug into the TV. I'm pretty yeah. sure he hasn't taken it out of the box, but... You know, that's cool though. That's cool. <laughs> it's sitting next to candy from the early nineties. <laughs> I'm kind of surprised, like actually, like and Riot pizza boxes. doesn't produce a, le- a movie. Riot's a company that makes League of Legends, which is one of the big competitive mm. games. Like Riot yeah. should be making a movie about a kid who's really good at League of Legends, or Blizzard can make a movie about a kid who's good at Overwatch or whatever. I think you know? that it's, it's like, complicated it's in- because right now video games are so you know video game companies like that are just like we're making tons of money, and then it's like they look at the the movie industry and it's like that seems like a bad investment like right now know. to it's make true. a movie is all, you know it's also so splintered it, it, it's so splintered whereas like in the late 80s you know everyone if you were aware of pop culture you were aware of nintendo and super mario brothers and prior to that like pac-man donkey kong cubert cubert the aforementioned bride of josh gad <laughs> do you think in the next five years there will be a Fortnite movie there hasn't been one no. yet because it's so transparently a bad idea and makes no sense well, whatsoever. Battle Royale? What, what would it possibly <laughs> right, be? Battle oh, Royale. Right, Battle Royale. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> Battle like, Royale. But, like, but that's the Hunger you... Games movie. The Hunger Games uh, <laughs> prequel. I guess. But like, I guess our, if, if it was remotely a good idea, they'd have done it already. But still, like, do you think they'll make five years from now? Do you think they'll be making a Fortnite movie? No. It's no. it's not I, a good moneymaker. <laughs> it's not a moneymaker. I guess it doesn't make Fortnite yeah. makes so much money. I guess that's right. It's a yeah. fad. But and, let's talk yeah. about a game that Dan and I played last night. 
The lies tell game. Yes. Oh, cool. I'll tell yeah, you about it. It's your game. game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's so much like, fun. Oh, it's cool. Yeah. Thank you so much. Tell us about like what what inspired the lies game. Oh my god. How did you come up with this? All right, guys. First of all, the branding is bad. It's liesgame.com. I like to call it liesgame.com because then oh, gotcha. it tells people how to get there. And it's a website and stuff. I basically wanted to make a board game and I started making a board game and the, I, I don't know, I prototyped it, but um, yeah, I guess I'll just tell you what the game is. The way the game works is the game gives you a topic and everyone, it's basically, yeah, the game gives you a topic and everyone has to write a fake fact about that topic and then the game combines all those fake facts and then um, w- along with a real one, you have to try to pick out the real one. So it's a lot like Balderdash. If you play Balderdash, yeah. Balderdash gives you a word and you have to come up with a fake definition and then it puts all the fake definitions mm. along with the real definition. There's a lot of games kind of in like the pick the real answer sort of um, genre. I thought I wanted to make one where you got to like write an entire answer. To my knowledge, there was not one where you actually got to like make up something whole cloth. Like it's sometimes you get to like write a phrase or a fragment or like fill in a blank or pick a card. But this is something where you actually like get to like make up a whole sentence and like kind of concoct a whole lie by yourself. It started as a board game. The problem was that it, it was a lot of paper, frankly, like every yeah. time I play tested it, like, and it was just like a ton of paper on the table, just like crumpled up. And it was like, this sucks. And also like, you have to write a whole sentence. I don't know if you guys have written a sentence with a paper and a pen lately. <laughs> it sucks. It's like, <laughs> you know, you're like, I had to like, letter. I had to write like my phone number and I'm like, hand started to cramp up. <laughs> if I have to write a check, I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted. <laughs> in case it wasn't, in case it wasn't clear to anyone listening yet, we're not very good at sports <laughs> and uh, we get tired from writing a yeah. sentence so, so like uh, most sentences you write today like for me i'm much more comfortable like type writing a sentence on a phone i am um it's just like i'm it's a so i think most of us are so i kind of worked with some friends and figured out a way to make it into a phone game yeah and it's perfect and now it's a for, website it's perfect for right now when everyone's socially yeah. distant and doing these hangouts like yeah. we this did last night i just described to you took me like i just described like two years of work so like oh, it's just like a coincidence that it happened mm-hmm. to like all sort of culminate around this time when like mm-hmm. yeah actually the game it's like uh so it's a game you play on your phone but it, it hopefully plays more like a board game than a phone game and yeah. like it uh it totally works so uh everyone looks at their phone but it's there's a lot of things designed to kind of facilitate conversation and make you talk so it is a good thing to it just works over zoom um, yeah the way, the, games, the way that we did yeah. it the way that we did it was that um we did it in like the streamer mode and uh-huh. then i just shared my computer screen when we were doing yeah. the zoom thing so that we could each be on our own phones but you still see like the i don't know the board essentially yeah the game yeah. is essentially yeah. designed so that you could play it like when you're out and about like you know like mm-hmm. you can play it at a bar or online at disneyland or at a face looking competition or just whatever else mm-hmm. you're doing once covid's cured you know so um you could just do it All while the you're places out. no one should be yeah, right now it, does, it, do, it doesn't require a computer screen you know like a central computer but there is an option if you like mm-hmm. want to stream it like there is an option to sort of like display everything in this kind of a central way but yeah everyone kind of look at their phone but we did some things to make it so that even though you're looking at your phone like there's things that make you talk to each other so that um, yeah. you can kind of satisfy your base need to be on your phone, but you are spending time with your loved yeah. ones and well, actually also, hanging out. And Laura, my wife, she loves the meaningless timer. She yeah, gets that's, really that's into so the satisfying. meaningless timer. That's so satisfying because yeah. a lot of the de- – I'm so glad to hear that because yeah. a lot of the details took a long time to work out and the meaningless timer was one. The way the game works is – yeah, it just like – 
I didn't want to invoke a timer because I didn't want it to stress anyone out. I didn't want anyone to be like, you know, I just like, we try a timer and people just, be, it just like ruins the game. It just straight up ruins the game for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to be like a chill, fun time. Like, and so yeah. it was just, but if you didn't have a timer, there are people who just like really take their time and like could take minutes or whatever. And like, finally, the solution we came up with was when half the people are done answering, they have the ability to invoke a meaningless timer. And that just kind of adds a countdown to everyone's screen. And then when it's over, it says, you can make fun of the people who are still going and it tells you who's still going. Yeah. So like you can still <laughs> enter an answer and, but it just gives you like some sense of that, like the crowd wants you to move on. It's very so that satisfying. Was, like, a, yeah. yeah. That's a detail that took some time to work out. So I'm really glad that, um, totally. Liked it. Yeah. We had a lot of fun. Uh, I, it, it's also great. The artwork is awesome. I, I really like the artwork. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I worked with a, yeah. a designer named Bethany Kennedy on it and I love the style. It's really cool. She yeah. did a great job with it. So yeah, it's a, it's a website and it's free. Um, you don't need an app like it's just a website so it can run on anything with a phone so like as long as you and the people you know are on phones whether you're on zoom or hanging out in real life you can just go to liesgame.com liesgame.com and then i think it's pretty self-explanatory from there so we have a question for you yeah this happened last night but what happens when you accidentally enters a true answer yeah what happens if you lie the truth this is in the instructions. So oh. yeah, the idea is you have to enter a fake fact, but like, but, obviously like I can't do anything to police people entering real facts. And so well, what here's is the thing. The, well, what if you I don't know? I didn't know that I was entering an actual fact. He thought he was lying. So in the instructions, it specifies if you enter a true fact, uh, you, and you lose, even if you find out later. And there, I think there's a, there's a, I, there's a funny joke with it. I can't remember what I wrote though. It's like, yeah, I think you lose even retroactively. The reason it's true that you lose, even if you weren't sure is because that kind of puts the impetus on you to make up a ridiculous lie. Like it, you, I you thought can't I was making up a ridiculous lie. Well, you were, <laughs> sometimes you know, Jeff, it, the truth is very strange, but it's true. But like the reason if you tell the truth, if you accidentally enter the truth, you lose the game. And like the game didn't tell you that your friends have to tell you that that's like the best I can do with it. Mm. But I think it should be true. Even if you aren't, Dan, sure don't because... tell Laura, She's gonna... <laughs> but I, I, I won that I game. Think, <laughs> the reason I like that rule, even f- from a gameplay point of view, even though I can't like actually like it's something players just have to do for themselves. It's like not in the game is because it, it does put the pressure on you to make up a ridiculous lie. And you're like, Oh, is this true? Like, I don't know. Maybe this is true. Then like, well, you're not lying. Ridiculously, yeah. And there's you know? a, you know, like, there's like a psychology about it where it's like, you want to make sure that you're coming up with a lie that seems plausible, but yeah, you know, well, to, that was to the other piece of people. it was I did some research to like generate facts that were, that sound, that sound made up, but are true. And yeah. that there's like a real, like, I don't know, like real specific, like they have to be short enough that someone could feasibly come up with it on the spot. But like, uh, and and sound felt fake, but also be made up, but also be about an interesting topic. So hopefully, like you get to learn some like cool trivia while you're playing. That was the other problem with making it a board game is it's like they're completely not repeatable. Like once you learn yeah. one of those facts, like you'll never not know it. Like you'll always be able to pick oh, up yeah. multiple choice list. So like the cards, like a trivial pursuit question. If I ask you the question like a year later, you like may not be able to come up with the answer again. But like in this game, you just pick it from multiple choice lists. It just didn't make sense to pop, like print it on a card, yeah. you know. Yeah. Anyway, that's how the game came together. Liesgame.com. Liesgame.com. Another nice touch is that uh, sometimes, like sometimes, the answers have like intentional misspellings or grammatical errors to kind of throw you off, uh, which is nice. Yeah, that was that was one of those other details that <laughs> yeah. took a while to find to kind of figure out. And the reason for that is just so that like even if you see a typo, it is you can't rule it out as like that's the yeah. fake answer. Like even ones with typos are sometimes right. It's great. It's a lot of fun. That's yeah. so great. I mean, it's very, this is like, I've never done anything like this. And so, um, and it took a long time to come together and it's been really satisfying yeah. to hear And I've also played it with people play who don't get it. 
Yeah, I've also played with people who don't know you, and they also and they like it. <laughs> so, that's great. Because like last <laughs> night, it was you know the four of us, and we all clearly know you. So, right? Yeah. No, that's very I would have nice liked it anyway. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been really satisfying to see people like I've just like I've never done it, and like to see people like play the game and get it, and like they just like people get it. They they understand how to play it, and yeah. um, usually they have fun. Some people like don't like coming up with lies. That's fine that no Not problem game. like I, I think the thing about this game is that it's harder to play than some other games because you do have to come up with something out of whole cloth but it makes it that much more satisfying because you came up with it yourself and like um you i don't think there's other games you can kind of get that satisfaction of like coming up with a complete lie coming up with some bullshit and like fooling your friends into believing that over the truth so like that's it's harder to do but i think it's more satisfying mm-hmm yeah i agree i had a hard time because the things i kept thinking of i was like no wait that's true <laughs> Yeah, can't well, say that. It's weird, but it's true. Yeah, well, that's the that's the challenge. That's the fun part. I yeah. Oh yeah, no, it was a lot of fun. I can't wait to play again. Liesgame.com. Liesgame.com. Liesgame.com, folks. Thank you. Thank you so much, Dan. Was there anything you wanted to uh, talk about before we wrap it up? Um, just briefly, because we are talking about child stars, and right. we talked about like where Jackie Vinson ended up and i mean i do hope that you know he's in a better place now than he was in 2004 but when you uh looking at the other young actors in the movie it's it's this one's a little bit more uplifting because right. we've got uh the success stories of of fred savage sure. who in it, it who by the if you did not see his series the grinder <sighs> Grinder. With Rob Lowe. Yeah, he's funny. It's so good. So it was it was great, but he's been directing shows like It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia and uh the Goldbergs. I think he yeah, yeah, I think he was like, oh, yeah. which has there's a uh, I think he did some It's Always Sunny. Am I yeah. did you say that? Sorry. Oh, he did a bu- yeah, he did a bunch the of Goldbergs it's has, and- I, I read that there's a, a a wizard reference in one of the episodes, so I'm wondering if he was involved with, with that one. Mm. Funny. Well, and yeah, and he's also, I guess he's going to be involved with the uh, the rebooted Wonder Years oh. in, in some capacity. He's going to be. Have you heard, did I ever tell you my that? idea for a, a new version of the Wonder Years? You re-release, yeah. you re-release all of the Wonder Years, but you replace Daniel Stern's narration with adult Fred Savage. Just hmm. word for word. That's interesting. So you're going to Hayden Christensen, Daniel Stern right out of it. Well, that's an interesting yeah. twist. I'm kind of curious. He's well, such a good you, actor. You that, could do it now. He, he was really yeah. quite good in the movie. Um, he really was. He was. I could see why he was like, uh, it made me want to kind of go back and watch some Wonder Years. He was really good. Yeah. Wonderful. Um, and yeah, so he and and he's been quoted as saying, uh, you know, you could still have a productive, crime-free life growing up in show business. Throwing shade Points at out, He says- well, he says, I'm sure there's a lot more kids who played Little League who've gone on to become murderers, but no one says don't play Little League. Whoa. So Fred Savage coming out strong. Yeah, no kidding. Savage. And, uh, a savage indeed. And Jenny Lewis Jenny, as everyone, well, not maybe not everybody, but as, as a lot yeah, of people I know. I we, I can't believe we didn't I discuss mean, Rilo Kiley. Yeah. Yeah. I actually remember. Her. Do you, were you at that brief. show at Brownies? That's exactly what I had to say. Yeah, it was August 20th, 2001, because I looked it up yeah. recently when that was. We saw Ozma. We went to see Ozma. It was Ozma, Not a Surf, and then these bands that we didn't know oh, called Rilo Kiley and The Gravel Pit. 
I don't remember the gravel pit. Is the gravel pit still around? Nope. <laughs> oh, well, I Got don't it. know. But, but I, here's what I will say is I remember there was Rilo Kylie playing. At this point, I think most people have heard of Rilo Kylie because they went on. Yeah. This was like a very small show. They were like not famous. Tiny. Definitely by far like the biggest band I ever saw in a smallest venue. Yeah. And you were, but I kind of remember you, I was like, you were like, by the way, this band Rilo Kylie, like, I, I mean, I was, I, I was only vaguely aware of who Jenny Lewis was. I was mostly excited because the kid from Salute Your Shorts was in yeah. it. And you were like, yeah, there's this band with the kid from, and that's the only time I've ever bought the opening band CD. They oh, were so good. I bought absolutely. their CD, which I've never done before they or were since. So I bought good. the opener's band CD, which is so rare. Uh, they, it was great. It was great. I remember. They were totally great. I remember while they were playing, I was like, is that the, wasn't he in Salute Your Shorts? And then some my like red... memory is you knew it beforehand. Really? See, I remember that's my memory, but I, I don't remember know. learning it by saying like something about it there, and then some rando turned around and be like, oh, Yeah, and she Yeah, it's like, yeah, and she was in she's the that girl from The be. Wizard. And I was like, Whoa. Trip Beverly Hills. <laughs> right. But we're yeah. you know, we were more likely to know her from The Wizard than Trip Beverly Even Hills. Even then, like I had seen The Wizard and like I could not remember what her role. I, I I watched The Wizard yesterday and I couldn't tell you what her role in the movie was. <laughs> I mean it's <laughs> <laughs> like it's a that's the wizard you know yeah. she's like in the non-nintendo part of the movie right so jenny yeah. lewis killing it she's so good jenny lewis definitely luke edwards seems to be do- he did little big league mm-hmm. and i believe normal. he's still acting still yeah still working i think yeah and christian slater yeah still working christian slater mr robot was he not famous at this point was he like not like is this oh, pre-pump yeah. up the volume this was this was just Post Heather's, Post Heather's, just pre-pump up the volume. He was in yeah. this after, he made fucking Heather's, and then he was like the third banana in The Wizard, <laughs> like the fourth or fifth banana. Yeah, absolutely. Like, yes. that is <laughs> wild. I thought yeah. this was like, just well, like they caught him on the had, upswing or something, but like, it's crazy already, to imagine he made Heather's, and then he was like, <laughs> I don't know, playing it like, I'm going to hang like, out with Bo Bridges for a, yeah, like, a few like, months. Yeah, Bo Bridges is called Ninja Turtles, man. <laughs> He had a better, he had bigger roles in Gleaming the Cube, right. which was a year before yeah. this. Uh, the Legend of Billie Jean, which I think was like 85 or 86. Yeah, yeah. He's like got nothing to do. Again, he must have been in that other hour of the movie. Like <laughs> that, Yeah, he must be in the deleted scenes or something because um, he has nothing to do in this version of the movie. Yeah. He could exercise his character without answering any, any, any plot element. Yeah. And then we have uh, Tobey Maguire, founding member of the Pussy Posse. Uh, and, you know, he's doing okay. He was Spider-Man. Sure. Yep. 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 He's doing all right. Yeah. You know, Seabiscuit. Seabiscuit. Not, he was not Seabiscuit. No. They loved having sex with women. The that Pussy Posse, thing. famously. Yeah. That was, that was their thing. They were really, they thought intercourse was good. <laughs> yeah. Was that Toby, Leo? Leo? I don't, that's the only people I remember. It's a weird crew. It's like, they're the most famous. Was Mark two Wahlberg? It. It's like E from Entourage. Like, <laughs> oh, it's, it's that's a weird right. crew. Um, and Lucas Haas oh, yeah. is one of is Lucas one of Haas, like, really? It's like that. Yeah, it's like oh, Leonardo weird. DiCaprio. It's like, all right, who's he running with? And it's like Lucas Haas. Ooh. And only because it just feels like it would be right. But I feel like Scott Kahn was probably in there somewhere, too. I think they were like all like bratty actors and they were all like auditioning for like all these movies together. You know, like they probably all auditioned for The Wizard. Yeah. Yeah, that's I'm sure. There were quite a few. The wizard could have gone many different ways. So, Jeff, liesgame.com. Is there anything else you want to let people know about? Jeff Rubin, Jeff Rubin yeah, Show, Jeff Rubin, podcast. Jeff Rubin Show, my podcast, which has been on hiatus, but we'll be back soon. And there's like a rich back catalog of interviews with kind of weird and interesting people like Nintendo uh, Nintendo Power. Or I guess they were Nintendo Power. But the, the people that answer that Nintendo hotline in the movie, there's a scene where they just like call a Nintendo person for tips. And they're like, how do I beat Simon's Quest? Like, I that was a real thing. And I interviewed someone who like had that job. So, it's... 
stuff that's like very cool. that <laughs> well yeah it's um, they're not all video game themed they're not right. all video game so themed. the, that's the just idea like of the cool podcast video. is just you interview people who interest you just in any way right Something i guess like so yeah 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 i wish i'd figured out the premise sooner but that is what i think <laughs> yeah well i mean you got started on it like pretty early on and and yeah. the podcasting yeah it is interesting i think you maybe you you even gave me this phrase is that possible like interviews you didn't know you wanted to hear was that oh yeah i think so i said that that. interviews you didn't know you wanted to hear i use that all the time like when i email people and ask them to be on the show i'm like i usually describe the show as interviews you didn't know you wanted to hear like (laughs) i use it all the time so thank you for that um yeah that is a good way of describing it i joined you i engineered an episode you did with um yeah yeah with uh in la with uh what's his name wayne neil neil berkeley neil berkeley Neil, he directed the, the Wayne White documentary. Right, 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 right. That was fun, though. So the Jeff Ruby, Jeff Ruby Show, LiesGame.com, um, the Power Glove. Uh, if you guys have an extra Power Glove, just send it to me, and I will review it on my podcast. I'll make a whole episode devoted to me trying it out. If it doesn't require a CRT TV, though, actually, I do have someone with CRT TV. Even if it requires, I'll, I'll figure it out. Just get me the Power Glove. Or does it require a sensor? I'm sure it requires, I think it requires yeah. a sensor, but don't, if it requires mm. a sensor, it probably doesn't need the TV. Anyway. Yeah, see, because Duck you, Hunt, we'll you needed the CRT, I think. You send me the stupid glove, I'll figure the rest out. <laughs> uh, and then, Dan, you want to tell everyone what our next episode is? We hinted at it yeah. before. Yeah, no. So it's going to be our, our, we're going to be wrapping up our child star month and I guess our somewhat Cranford guest star month yeah child star Bo- uh box brown don't forget to check out yeah jeff book. uh you should check out the heavyweights episode because box brown he's the best D- did you ever uh, ever hang with him at all a little bit i knew him a yeah. little bit yeah good dude great artist so yeah he's good I- I've-, I've looked at his work and it is great um but has very little to do with the bad news bears right. so next uh, we'll be talking about the the original. We'll be talking about the 2005 remake. We'll touch on the sequels. Sure we'll find, who's your Cranford we'll theme guest, though? Oh, we don't have one for that one. Just, oh, I thought there was a Cranford theme no. guest. No, me, Dan, <laughs> us. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't it know. just happened to work out that you know you two were perfect for what we were going to be doing. So that's fun. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me. No, this is fun. And by thank the way, you. did you catch when they when yeah. they mentioned Timberlake West? In Uncut Gems. In Uncut Gems, it's like gets name checked. It's like, look at it. That is money that's not mine that I sent to you because I wanted to calm you down. We know for a fact that you placed a bet with that money. Never placed a bet with that money. Yes, you did. No, 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 no. Let me ask you something. I heard that Benny and Eddie are going to Timberlake. And you know what else I heard? I heard you resurfaced your fucking swimming pool. You know how that makes me feel? Never resurfaced. I I don't know who said that. Give me the key. Someone's like, oh yeah, like she's sending his daughter Timberlake West. And I was like, I did not say West. They say Timberlake. They say Timberlake. Oh, I think I I might I might have caught that a little bit. And then and then he said uh something about making him come. Holy shit, I'm gonna come. Probably. I don't know. (laughs) That that movie's one of the most stressful experiences of my life. It was a great movie, but I hated it and I'll never see another one of the Safety Brothers movies. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) thank you so much for having me. No, it's been great having you, Jeff. And as we say, yeah, John, go ahead. Well, we we sign off every episode with a line from the, the 1987 film Masters of the Universe, Good Journey. Good Journey. Good Journey. <laughs> I wish I could ride away on a dinosaur. I wish I could breathe.
Take back.